0: This is episode number 224. What has being a father helped you see differently? With Mark Get. Welcome. My name is Oleg Lokid and this is the Overcoming Outs podcast, where you get a glimpse into the stories of individuals who have overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving their personal success. This podcast was built by you and for you, help you overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving your fullest potential. Before we get into today's episode, I'd like to make a few quick announcements. First one being is if you have enjoyed any of the previous episodes, or if this is your first time tuning in, Consider supporting our cause by making a donation through our website at overcomingodds.today so we can continue creating and sharing these courageous and inspiring conversations. The second announcement that I wanted to make is an invitation to all of our listeners to our upcoming experience called Survive to Thrive Attitude of Gratitude. This is a weekly conversation that is broadcasted live through Facebook and LinkedIn where we explore the topics around the concepts of the connection between gratitude and grief, gratitude and resilience, gratitude and relationships in our lives, and many other topics. If you'd like to know more details about any of these upcoming experiences, please visit our website at overcomingodds.today, where you'll be able to find the time and place that each and every single one of these takes place. Last but not least, if you've enjoyed any of the previous episodes, please consider leaving us a review on iTunes, Facebook, or Google so more people can hear these inspiring and courageous conversations. Now, let's get back to the show. There he is. Not bad, right? For a podcast production.
1: <laughs> oh, this is, this is beautiful. I was just thinking, you, are, you just keep getting cooler. Every time, every time that I get to hang out with you, you just keep getting cooler and cooler.
0: Uh, that's amazing
1: i love this yeah thanks for having me
0: absolutely no thank you for just being in my life and as i mentioned earlier you and i have been in each other's lives for over two years i think maybe even longer than that
1: yeah covid has changed everything because covid was one long day so yeah uh it's been i think actually about four yeah
0: four years wow yes.
1: yes i think so
0: yeah. Because I remember the first time, I'll never forget me reaching out to you, coming across a poem that you wrote. Uh, about my and then, re- yeah, yep, reaching out to you and wondering if you wanted to share <laughs> your adoption experience and everything yep. that you've been through. And from there, like one thing led to another, and you were on the podcast. And um, in fact, the more that I didn't think about the picture that we used for this episode was probably the same picture that we used back then. Like three, no, no, that's, a, that's a
1: different one. I, I did get, was it a different contact. one? Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but it yeah, I still should maybe get it updated.
0: <laughs> but I'm glad that we're able to connect. I know that it's been a little bit of time between you and I yeah. having connected and there've been many things that have happened within my life. You know, as I shared with you, I recently hiked the grand Canyon mm-hmm. with some of my friends and that was an experience. Um, eye-opening experience that talk about helping me see something differently. I mean, for me, it was people um, helped me just reaffirm this whole concept of like, who are the really important people in my life Mm -hmm. and me wanting to reach out to them and acknowledge the impact and the influence that they had. You've obviously had an addition to your life in your own family. Mm -hmm. And so I just really wanted to connect with you and learn more about that. What has what it has helped you see differently? What does being a father for you even mean? I know that a little bit. I don't know how much you want to go into your own experience and your own past when it comes to a relationship that you've had with your dad, but mm-hmm. I bet it's been a uh, an interesting journey to yes. be a father it, of your own.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, you know, and oh, like just to be clear, I'm happy to go wherever you wish. So uh, I I yet have reached depths that. Uh, I wouldn't feel comfortable speaking about. So I'll let you know if that happens. But by all means, feel free to dig deeper. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, my hope is just like you're leading here with the power of your story that uh, in understanding and getting to feel into my story more, uh, our audience here will Mm -hmm. um, be able to empower theirs as as well.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Well, perhaps one way that I think we could start off this conversation is maybe even choosing to tackle the question at hand. And that is yeah. what has been a father helped you see differently. How long have you been a father already?
1: <laughs> Not that long, but yet it feels long. You know, time again is is quite strange when you become a parent. Uh, my son uh, is about to turn four months. That is awesome. And what what's his name? His name is Rowan. It's named after he's named after the Rowan tree, which is a very uh, powerful hardwood, I believe, and it's the tree that when Thor was being swept away into the underworld he reached his arm oh he reached his arm up high and he grabbed the branch of the rowan tree and that pulled him to safety wow yeah also known of as the tree of life. Yeah, yeah yeah well it's a, most people know it as the tree of life it's like that um, symbol where the branches uh go as high as the roots go deep
0: mm-hmm now, if I remember correctly, last time I was visiting San Diego, I was able to stay at your, your place. Uh-huh, and uh-huh. I know that you have quite a bit of woodwork or you had quite a bit of woodwork within yep. the apartment. Yes. Were yep, any yep. of those part of that tree?
1: Uh, no. Great question, though. I, I assume eventually we will certainly be using rowan wood uh, in, in some sort of construction. But no, what you saw was actually from and I lived in New York. I used to take my paddleboard out on the river, Hudson River. Mm-hmm. And there was all this just beautiful driftwood. And I would bring some home because I just thought it was really neat looking. And my wife is extremely artistic. And she just creates art out of found objects. So she took the the one you're thinking of. Is she made a macrame kind of plant holder mm-hmm. um, based out of that driftwood. And it was something she just randomly did. But um, I think what we both learned through that experience was uh, how important it is to 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 make meaning out of objects because now that means so much to us because we don't live in New York. So it's like mm-hmm. a piece of our old story. Actually, mm-hmm. it's kind of cool. It's like weaving together a whole story.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think I do remember that when I was staying with you guys, I mean, two things that stand out just about who you are as an individual. A, uh-huh. your hospitality. I mean, the way the way that you treat people and respect it. I remember the time where I think you even took me uh, rock climbing at the gym that you used to go to. Uh-huh. Um, so, it just the, just I think your openness and your ability to create that space for other people, that's something that I'll never forget. And well, I still you know remember what, it to this day.
1: You know what adoption I think teaches us, at least for mm-hmm. me, and, and I, I don't know if this is the same for you as an adoptee, but uh, family isn't blood you know, family are the relationships in our lives that empower us. And so uh, I've noticed in the way I interact with people is uh, I treat people like family, and I mean it, you know, and so when you were here, that was just the way that I treat people that are in my home, you know, and and you were a member of the family
0: that day. Mm -hmm. Now, that sounds like more of a conscious choice, though, because you've had a slightly different experience when it comes to the adoption. Right, and they and the relationship in, in terms had, of what, and the relationship that you've had with your adoptive parents. Could you say more? What do you mean? <laughs> well, I think like one of the things that really stood out to me, and I remember some of the conversations you and I had, was your relationship like with your dad, mm-hmm. and the different things that you were sharing with me. You know, as he was nearing kind of his days and his time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm I've I've wondered the same exact thing as far as what does family mean and how much of it is a choice that I make
2: right. rather
0: than the circumstances that I might be in. Yeah, and yeah. I realized that for me, much of that was a choice. So we, right? Yes, I might not. I don't know what your experience experience has been like outside of your um, adoptive mom and dad, but for me, you know, I I don't connect with every single person in my family, so to speak, mm-hmm. because I think just. We're not all in the same chapter or have the same interests. But I've realized, and something that I try to learn is that to every connection, it has its own layers. Mm-hmm. So, like, I feel more connected to you than I might feel connected to some of the people in my family, so to speak. But that's only because of the choices that I consciously made in wanting to create some of those experiences. With yeah, like you.
1: yeah, yeah. I the way I look at it is, uh, there are technically members of my family, right? My adopted family, right? Um, and even if I was blood related, uh, I wouldn't consider them. Uh, I would still consider them family, but I wouldn't give them any more privileges than, you know, my really close friends, right? Mm-hmm. Or my or my chosen family. I would certainly open uh, my ear to listen to what it is they have to say, but no, there's absolutely members of my father's side and my mother's side that I choose not to be a part of. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they're living their own lives, which is fine. But I think as we get older, it's really important for us to set up boundaries. And as you and I have talked about, you know, who we keep around in our lives uh, directly influences and shapes us and how we turn out. So Mm
2: -hmm.
1: when it comes to family, I assume it has to be really hard if you're not adopted to separate yourself from your family from your kinship because that in one aspect is a psycho spiritual death Mm
0: -hmm. especially as
1: an adolescent you know one way to to die is to be kicked out of your tribe so to choose to leave your tribe is it has to be i imagine quite difficult but i think as an as an adoptee uh, maybe that's a privilege that we get i know for me Mm -hmm it's been pretty easy for me to be able to choose my family and not have my family chosen for me. And I think that's um, really beautiful. Now, Mm -hmm. obviously I'm a father now, bringing it back to our original subject. So this is all new for me. It's really (laughs) beautiful, you know, bringing my son into the world. And I'm happy to share the birth story and all of that, but Mm -hmm. uh, already I am just in awe, you know, in all honesty, I, I look at my son and even since day one, it was very clear to me that he's not mine in terms of like, he's not a small version of me. <laughs> he's his own unique soul coming into this world. And I am just curious to learn who he is. And obviously I hope I, I you know, I'm going to do the best that I can to create a nurturing space for him as he grows into his adulthood. But already I look at him and I am just in awe at okay, you're my blood. This is interesting. This is new,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but you're not me. Who are you? I'm, 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 I'm genuinely curious. And as he gets older and he starts, you know, smiling more and, and he's already, we're having these conversations with our eyes, mm-hmm. it's really, really amazing. And uh, I'm very eager to see what age three, four, five, all the way up to adulthood come, you know, w- what that turns out to be. And, uh, I'm excited for the journey
0: i'm curious to hear as far as what you would change or what you are going to change Mm -hmm. as a father compared to the journey that you had with your own father what would you do differently now that you're a dad yeah great question well
1: you know the journey with my my father and when i say my father for our listeners here you know i think Oleg and i share the same terminology it would technically Mm -hmm. be my adopted father but Mm-hmm. Um, fathering and mothering is a verb it's not a title you have to earn the title and so you know my adopted mother and father earned the title of mom and dad
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, well maybe my dad didn't earn it but I called him it We'll we'll talk about that in a second so yeah you know the the journey is pretty long with my father uh, when I was a kid he wasn't really there he was very absent I don't have very many memories and the memories that I do have are not very good ones I have like little glimpses here and there of moments where he made me laugh and little vacations that we had. But the majority of the memories are not very good ones. Uh, and then there's just not many memories of it because he wasn't around. He was either working or my mother. Now I know as an adult, she made the conscious choice to bring me and my sister over to my Nana's, my grandma's house. Mm-hmm. Uh, when my father was on a, a bender or bender for binge drinking, it was an alcoholic. So, uh, you know, it's a, let me just summarize the story, then I'll come back to the original question because I think it's important. So what I saw with my father was, um, you know, he, he was basically an absent absentee uh, dad uh, and around fifth grade or whatever, my mother uh, divorced him because my sister and I convinced her to do so. And uh, then he just pretty much went out of my life because he went into uh, AA. He started living at his, uh, at his father's house. And uh, I didn't really see him very much, you know, up until around high school when he started to come back. And I just remember being reintroduced to him and all that. Uh, And he had changed. Um, And then it was around the end of high school and college that uh, our relationship came back together. And I was able to see him anew. And it was actually my wife who really got me to look at my father differently. Because at that stage, my dad was really uh, just this goofy, bubbly kind of, you know, guy who just wanted to make everyone laugh. He was actually a very jovial man. Um, and, you know, and he never touched the drink again, which is, you know, to his, to his strength. Um, and I'm very grateful that by the time he passed away, uh, which was uh, just about just a little over two years ago, coincidentally, uh, the same day that he had a stroke and died three days later is the same day that my son, same date that my son came into the world. So that's oh, that's, wow. that's a powerful synchronicity right there. Um, so yeah, I, when my father left, we had the most beautiful goodbye, you know, uh, I, I literally held his hand, uh, my whole family was there and we sang songs as he took his last breath. And it was by far the uh, most powerful moment in my entire life uh, still to this day. And, and the birth, obviously of my son was a powerful day too, but the death of my father was uh, more energetically powerful in a profound shifting way. So it was a glory. It was a very, very glorious, goodbye tear, you know, tear jerking and loving. And it was just, it was a, as good as I could have possibly asked.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but even as a kid, you know, I knew when I saw and I looked into my father's eyes and I, when he was drunk and uh, he just had black eyes, like evil. And I remember looking into his eyes. And even then, and I think I was maybe in fourth grade, maybe third grade, I felt bad for him.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And, and, uh, even though, you know, he ended up stopping drinking and ended up, uh, Becoming a rather, you know, jovial kind of laugh, you know, la- like telling people laugh kind of guy, he was like this, oh honk a dog, you know, like this kind of like, <laughs> oh come here, you know, and just like this cute old man when he died, um, he uh, still very much was a little boy, and uh, and this goes back to the original question that you asked. In mm. when I look at my father and I think of him, I think of uh, of how he was really trapped. As a, as a boy, he never was really shown love. His father was a horrible man. Um, he didn't grow up in a family that was loving at all. It was a very traumatic childhood. And uh, and he never really found a way out. And so even though he aged, I think like many people in this, in this world, he never grew up. And he never really got to discover who he uh, really is. Maybe on his last breath, he figured that out. But... Uh, he was a man who was quite lost, quite sad. Mm -hmm. And I felt really bad for him as a kid. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And going back to your original question, now me as a father, what I'm going to do differently is I think it's really important to model for our children what it means to know thyself and Mm -hmm. to uh, actually offer your gifts to the world. I think personal development is so important, constantly showing and modeling what it means to question who am I, what am I doing? Why am I here? And, um, and approach life, with just utter curiosity and, and yes, a growth mindset as well. Mm-hmm. So those are, those are big terms to throw around, but that's, I think the difference. And I think a very, uh, and I think that's one aspect of, uh, good parenting that I, I wish to emulate that I didn't have growing up as a model.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: How well do you understand who you are today? That could be a loaded question. How old do I feel? Is that what you're asking me? How well do you feel like you understand who you are today? More so than ever in my
1: entire life. Mm. And it has to do with actually that's a gift to my father because when Mm -hmm. he died, I went through grief for the first time and grief. If you actually, uh, get the opportunity I say opportunity here exists, not a, it's, it's a gift, but it's, it's not definitely one that takes you, takes you under, um, it's a transformative experience. And so, uh, that experience opened me up to feeling emotions for the first time, probably since I was a kid, cause I got so good at just stuffing them, uh, inside or away so I can be successful. Um, but his death opened me back up and, uh, I learned, you know, that when most men in particular say, um, you know, I can't cry, or I don't get angry, what that really means is they're disconnected from their body. Mm -hmm. Because to have those emotions is uh, the reality of being a human. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So uh, his his death launched me into the greatest personal development uh, I've ever uh, had in my entire life. And it was several it was the last two years, uh, pretty much of uh, going back and doing a lot of different healings and uh, understanding myself more than than ever before. And it's interesting, Oleg, that you talk about going on the Grand Canyon on the hike at the beginning of this call, because um, I'm learning or I have learned that uh, there was a split between ecology and psychology about, I think, 100 years ago and uh, i'm learning more and more that that split was unnecessary and it was wrong because our psychology is actually webbed very much with nature right Mm -hmm. and if we allow ourselves to actually take our greatest questions and offer them to nature uh, what we find in return is often quite quite powerful Mm -hmm. that's a longer conversation i'm happy to go there Um, bill plotkins work is the one who introduced me to it Um, i invite anyone who's listening to uh, take a look at his work it's absolutely uh monumental and just amazing uh, but what the, it does is it the root- wild
0: mind right is not that one uh, of his
1: books that's one of his yeah i have it right here actually i was yeah i read that one mm-hmm. a men's group last night um his new one is the journey of soul initiation but uh there's a rooting that happens and it deepens oneself and it's deepened myself into who I really am in this world in a way that
0: I never knew was possible. Mm. You know, what you just shared in regard to your experience with your dad and what it helped you see differently. I was sitting, sitting back here and thinking about my experience with my uncle. So when my uncle passed, I, this was last year, I believe it was either October or November. Something along those lines. But biggest thing that I learned through his experience, in particular his passing, was learning and understanding how to grief through gratitude. And what I mean by that is when he had physically passed, what I started to look was what were the things that he taught me? What did he help me see differently? And I started to find these themes as far as questions that he was constantly asking himself that in in a way were just metaphors for life. And like one of the greatest things for him was this question of what's next. So he had gone What's next
1: after life, is that what you mean?
0: What's next in the journey? What's oh, okay. next within the journey? Um he lived in your, in Orlando. In your human life, you mean? Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. he lived he lived in Orlando for a good portion of his life. And then he was make, able to make the um transition to Key West. And so he ended up living there for the remainder of his life. But even when he was living there, when him and I have these conversations, he would always bring up this question of, well, what's next? You know, where am I going to go to next from Key West and where can I travel? What can I experience? And I think it's such a powerful question because it just allowed me to understand that there is power in being present and choosing to be somewhere for a little bit or whatever that time frame looks like. But then there's also that the power of understanding, well, you got here, you've experienced this, what's next? And I think within growth, what you just described, at least my experience has been in developing this growth mindset. It's been with that question in mind, you know, like I got to this point of forgiveness when it comes to like my birth mom, well, what's next within that and continuing to kind of like unpeel that layer. And get to the layers beneath that. Um, there is a danger of that approach as well. The danger I've experienced is constantly going after what's next. You know, it's a never-ending question. So it's like, there's always going to be more to learn. Um, and the, the danger within that, that I've experienced is after go, constantly going after the what's next and finding that new thing, I actually didn't appreciate some of the things as much. as much. Mm-hmm. So what you just shared, I thought that's such a powerful experience of what you went through and what it has taught you. And in knowing you, even the past what you said two years, but it's been longer than that, that you and I have known each other. I think when you started on this journey, I was able to see and feel the transformation that you were going through.
1: Oh, yeah. Absolutely.
0: So the person that you, the person that's sitting right now, it's fascinating to see that it's fascinating to see what, and I don't want to diminish the journey journey by any means because there's so many other steps that are part of it. But to me, it's fascinating to see what a commitment to self can really do.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. You know, I, I, I feel like for the first time, I feel like a true adult. Mm-hmm. I, I say that word because you've read Plotkin's work, you know how he defines that. Mm-hmm. And he argues, and I, I agree with him, that the majority of the world is full of adults that are actually, are teenagers in adults' bodies, mm-hmm. right? And that the majority of, that the world is lacking true eldership and true adulthood.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So thank you. I appreciate that very much. And mm-hmm. I would say when you and I first met, I was really quite a struggling uh, teenager.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, is your mom still alive, your adopted mom?
1: Uh, she is, yeah, she is, yeah. She's, you know, getting quite older, so it's, you know, her, her health is not as good. But, yeah, she's still alive and spunky as ever in her in her personality.
0: What was the birth of your child like for her? Oh, it was amazing.
1: I mean, unfortunately, she hasn't been able to meet him yet, you know, mm-hmm. because – uh, because of COVID. And uh, it's tough for her to to fly and to travel now. So we have to head out there eventually uh, in Buffalo, New York is where she lives. Mm-hmm. But it's been great, you know, um, FaceTiming with her and, and Rowan, and just seeing the way that this the amount of love that she has. I mean, she's a just an incredibly loving woman, and she loves kids. So she just gets so much joy out of being able to, you know, share this love with Rowan.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Tell me a little bit more about the experience of leading up to the birth of the child. You know, I haven't experienced that yet myself. And just are you
1: you asking me where children come from? Is that
0: (laughs) (laughs) no? Well,
1: let me tell you. You have two people.
0: No, but more so, just leading up to the event. I mean, what were you going through as far as your thoughts? Okay. I don't know. Here's, what
1: here's, what here's what I'll say to that. Here's what I'll say to that. First of all, okay. Everyone prepares you yeah. up to the event.
2: There's uh-huh. books
1: upon books about what to do before. There's no one that prepares you for the first month. And all my parents mm. that are listening out there know exactly what I'm talking about. Having a child is the greatest kick in the butt and heart grower at the same time. It is. It's a it's a true rite of initiation,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I do think I don't think everyone has to have kids, but I, I I I certainly don't think you can understand the experience unless you go through it, because mm-hmm. it is quite the initiatory experience. And I want to share this with you too, Oleg. You know mm-hmm. my story with my birth mother, um, and she's an amazing woman now,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and I'm sure she was back then. But she was a kid; she was 15 when she, 14 when she conceived me, 15 when she gave birth. Having a kid is really hard. And now I'm a you know, fully functioning, uh, successful adult, right? I'm able to provide financially and emotionally for my family and be physically present. Uh, and I have an amazing wife who's able to do just the same. And we live in San Diego, which is incredible.
2: Mm-hmm. Yet
1: it's still hard for us. I can't even imagine what it would be like at you know, 15 years old. Now, obviously I had students former students when I was a teacher I had former students who gave birth to kids and they choose they chose to uh, to rear them great that's fine what I'm saying though is I always knew even as a kid that my mother my birth mother made the right choice and I still to this day I'm like yeah absolutely is dear dear God I can't even imagine what it would be like to try to raise a kid when you're 15 you're still basically you know you just took off your diapers mm-hmm. so uh, that's one stark reality that came into mind, uh, preparing for it though, was, uh, I don't really have too much to share about that. It was mm-hmm. reading as much as possible, doing what men mostly do and reading as much as possible, preparing as much as possible. Um, but yet nothing prepared me for the first month.
0: Was that an aspiration of yours to have a kid that, but also changed the circumstances that you were born into? So, like, uh, when you have a kid, you know, make sure that he doesn't experience the same things that you did. Or if he does, you, you're there to support in whatever way that you can.
1: I think you need to be careful there because uh-huh. it, can, it can easily fall into, like, vicariously trying to live through your child. Yeah. You
2: know? And
1: uh, and I certainly have to catch myself in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no I, I wouldn't i wouldn't say uh let me make sure i understood your question uh mm-hmm. actually we it just to make sure i understand it
0: let me go back in the yeah that's what I thought. okay so <laughs> what, I, what
1: i heard you talk about was um something along the lines with raising the kid raising my kid and uh as a, like did, did i want to have a child because it was an opportunity to basically read change your
0: own right? exactly exactly
1: okay. yes uh no not really you know uh, my dad's journey was his own his own journey um uh, i i don't think that's a good reason to go into parenting uh mm-hmm. the, the personally speaking you know i mean obviously i'm going to do that but that was not the original thought um the if anything though it it definitely has fueled the the flames of wanting mm-hmm. to be a great dad you know but already i've learned i uh, I'm going to try to be amazing. I'm going to screw up though somewhere. I know I am. <laughs> because It's it's hard. It's just, it's, it's a, it's a journey, you know, uh, an incredible journey, and I'm just going to do my best. Um, but no, I, I, the, the reason uh, on, in all honesty, you know, having a child, uh, it, it was, um, it whispered in my ear and my wife's ear, and it was just very clear. It was like, know the way i look at it this is my belief structure so i understand yours might be different and your listeners might be different but Mm -hmm. the way i look at it is that uh you know um we are born out of this world right and that a soul wants to come in to the physical presence Mm -hmm. so we have spirit and we have physical presence and there's a spiritual world and there's the physical world as well and it was very clear someone was knocking on the door and saying like hey I'd like to come in. I'd like to come into physical form, please. That would be great. And I would like to come in with you and your wife. You know, and Caitlin. You know, you and your husband. And it was very clear. And uh, did we feel ready? Not really. I mean, you know, we tried as hard as we could. But I don't think you ever feel completely ready. But it was uh, It was an app. It was an absolutely clear. Um, you know, I'd like to come in. Uh, y- 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 you know, a child wanted to come in and Mm -hmm. Kayla and i looked at each other and we said oh my god to be able to bring a child into this relationship would be lovely and i looked at my wife and i said you know and i thought to be able to have this woman mother my child oh my god how lucky am i Mm
2: -hmm. and i said we have
1: to do this you know and and we chose to to try to create a child and uh and we found out we were having a a baby seven days before we went on lockdown COVID wasn't even a thing and then all of a sudden it was like You're pregnant. We can't tell anyone. And then all of a sudden, COVID comes out, lockdown. I'm like, what the heck is going on in this world? (laughs) I was just in San Francisco on a plane. Like, this is weird. This will last two weeks. And then now we're here a year later. And, you know, I guess things are a little bit different, but not too much different.
0: So he was born during COVID?
1: He was, yeah, 11 11, 2020. Oh, 11 11,
0: 2020. Mm -hmm. And what was that experience like? Because I know that. So my mom, you know, she, yeah. she doesn't directly work in that space, but she's shared some stories with me, like um, some of the people that she works with, that there's only like one partner that can be in the room itself. Oh, because of COVID. Um, yeah. Because of COVID restrictions, yeah. which yeah. i bet yeah. probably changes the experience slightly, you know, when you have right. like, typically I'm completely throwing assumptions out here, but During the birth of a child, at least what I've seen is that it's a huge celebration, whole family, a bunch of people there. But then all of a sudden here you're restricted to like one person at a time type of thing.
1: So, yeah, that's a great point. Uh, Here's what happened. You know, my Mm -hmm. wife went to labor. I I fell asleep. 20 minutes later, my wife goes into labor. (laughs) It's like 1030 at night or something like that. And I was like, okay, interesting. And we read all these stories, and I'm sure your listeners who have, have kids read the same ones. And sometimes the initial part of labor can last quite a while. You don't go into a birthing center or a hospital, or even go into actual real, you know, mm-hmm. preparing for labor. Some women even mm-hmm. just bake cookies and and literally just you know clean the house or do some or go for a walk, just do something to keep their mind off of um, you know the birthing process. Uh, but for my wife, it was like, nope, she's going like water broke going into labor. Okay. Wow. It was like, you know, pretty powerful. So we eventually, you know, went into um, the hospital in Encinitas, uh, California's fantastic birthing center. And uh, I walk in and uh, they were so great and everyone was so, so kind, but it was an empty hospital. you know, midnight, I think by the time we got there. And I'm carrying my wife's water bottle, this Camelback water bottle, one of those unbreakable water bottles that, She's had for, I think, at least 10 years, right? As long as our marriage. Mm
2: -hmm. And
1: uh, we walk in and uh, I turn and somehow it slips out of my hand and the Camelback shatters on the ground. This unbreakable bottle shatters and water splays everywhere. And everyone looks at me and I go, I'm pregnant, or I'm giving birth or something. I said something, you know, and everyone just started laughing. and. you know, so they cleaned up the water and uh, and then my wife uh, went into a room and I was able to be there, uh, you know, did have to wear a mask when others, um, uh, you know, uh, when the staff was in the room. Uh, thankfully, they were able to give her a COVID test. So uh, put it with like 20 minute results. So she didn't have to wear a mask because I can't even imagine what that would be like to have to mm-hmm. wear a mask during labor itself. And it was a really beautiful experience. You know, um, I was able to, you know, witness the whole thing and. I still can't tell you exactly how it happened. Uh, it doesn't still doesn't really make complete sense to me. But <laughs> all I know is, you know, there's my wife, and then all of a sudden I'm holding the hands of my beautiful baby boy, and um, and he just flew into the world and just with so much energy and stuck out his hands and this reflex all little babies do because they can't control their hands or their legs, and we have this natural reflex like we know when you fall you put your hands out. Yeah, mm-hmm. kids have that right away. So immediately. You know, they catch, you know, they catch the baby and midwife. And then all of a sudden he just goes, ah! <laughs> <laughs> I, I still remember that look, you know, to this day. And I'm like, hello. And I'm, you know, I haven't slept for a while. Neither has my wife. But to see my wife go from, you know, this, uh, you know, giving birth, you know, which is a pretty powerful experience. I mean, it's a powerful initiatory uh, rite of passage for for women uh, into into adulthood in a way and uh to see her then you know take him and automatically just say oh it's okay honey it's okay and just soothe him it was just absolutely beautiful and how well do you sleep now uh now i'm sleeping okay but the first three months let's not talk about that (laughs) sleep sleep doesn't exist the first week get out of it don't even even, yeah Yeah. if i were to do anything different i would say either hire someone to like my friends in London, they have a night nanny that come, you know, stays the whole, uh, stays every night for the first week or two, uh, or have your in-laws uh, stay with you for the first three months. That makes it a lot easier. Mm. But yeah, it's it's a lot of a lot of work, and um, sleeping is, is really non-existent.
0: Mm-hmm. I could imagine. So, Mark, out of for the sake of time, for yeah. many of our listeners and our, ours as well, what are some of the ways that people can connect with you? Do you have anything that's coming up within your work? I'll show your website here at the bottom that people can Fancy. go back to. And um, outside of that, like tell me a little bit more about what what's going on in your world Yeah, as far as projects and things like that, that people can engage with.
1: Sure. Thank you. First of all, I would love this ticker underneath. Like I want you to like, breaking news, <laughs> you know, like you got to come up with stuff like in the middle of a report, you know, it's a boy or something like in the, to make, get your guests to laugh. Um, <laughs> So uh, there's a couple things, you know, one I want to call attention to for any uh, of our uh, men who are listening. Uh, I do run a monthly uh, men's circle called Life Force. We just ran it last night. Uh, It's online. We've been doing it throughout all of COVID. And uh, we have men who join uh, throughout the entire world. And it's a powerful space to deepen into what it means to be uh, a man and uh, true embodiment of our masculine strength uh, and emotional strength as well. So I wanna invite any of the men who are listening to join that, Uh, just send me a message. We just have a quick um, conversation and make sure it's a good fit for you. Uh, And then I'm currently working on a three-day meditation journey to help people um, decrease screen time and focus their attention. Because I've noticed just how incredibly powerful the screen and notifications are and what they do to our brains and our energy and our inability to actually focus. And I'm noticing it with my son. So I wanted to take my meditation, uh, my create my ability to create meditations, and create a three day journey to help people, uh, you know, take back control of their mind. So that will be launching hopefully this summer, I just I uh, have the majority of it done. It's in beta testing. So I'm excited to
0: launch that and,
1: uh, and, you know, hear from people around the world, how it helps them. Do
0: you still do meditations on uh, insight timer?
1: I do. I do. Yeah. And I run live, uh, you know, talks, I guess they're, they're kind of like this, but except I'll have people who ask questions and either I'll do live meditations or I'll talk about some, some concepts that I utilize in my coaching practice. Mm-hmm. And so people can access me there as well. But the website you just put underneath, feel free to send me a message uh, for anyone who's interested in coaching. Uh, I offer a, you know, a free 20 to 30 minute call just to chat about what my practice is like mm-hmm. and uh, if it can serve you. So I invite everyone who's listening uh, to reach out for that as well if they'd like.
0: You're awesome. Thank
1: no, you, you you're for awesome. doing
0: <laughs> thank you for doing all the work and everything. Just I, I I really, you know, I look up to in many of the areas, but I think commitment to self, commitment to growth, um how you choose to look at consistency. And just we are. Know we are what what we, them. Them.
1: we are what we repeatedly do. That's what Aristotle mm-hmm. said, and I always think about that. But mm-hmm. wait, I have a question before we we sign off. Yeah. yeah. Here. Zero mm-hmm. through ten, ten being I'm I'm really effing ready. Zero, not ready at all. Where are you with becoming a father?
0: Really good question. Sorry, baby. It feels like a seven.
1: Okay, I thought it, that. I sensed it, that
0: it, from you. It feels like a seven. So, are you single right now? I am. Ladies, <laughs> you, looking at <laughs> you right
2: there. Oleg will be traveling all
1: around the world, so wherever you are, let him know. And maybe, uh, you know, you guys can meet up for a coffee when he's in your country.
0: If this works, I have to give credit to you.
1: <laughs> I, I've I've already introduced two people to their spouses, so I have, a tra- I have an ability, so... All I ask is that you name your firstborn after me. That's all.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's not, that's not that hard to ask. But now I, I, it feels more like a seven because yeah. there are many reasons. But I think one of those that you mentioned throughout this conversation is that you're never truly ready. I, I think that's true for me. Life in general. I mean, anything that I've ever embarked on, I was never truly ready to do right. it. I just yeah. had to do it. Yep. And some things come into your life, so you don't even get the choice in doing right. it. It, just, it happens.
2: Right.
0: And I think the same thing when it comes to the child and being a parent. Um, you know, I'm choosing to actively have some of these conversations with people who are either in your position or who have been a parent for 5 or 10 or 20 years. But then also learning from my parents and my dad and asking him questions, and looking at his yeah. actions. and behavior. You, had a, you
1: had My understanding is you had a great father who's taught you a tremendous amount.
0: Yeah, he's he's been a, a big influence in my life. He's helped me understand just many, so many different things, but the way that he chose to look at the world and break it down and visualize the whole thing played a big impact. I'll also say that he's one of the people that, Help me amplify not necessarily teach, but amplify my work ethic. Oh, yeah. I think I've always been a hard worker, but just... I've, I've
1: seen your spreadsheet.
0: Having, <laughs> having the ability to work with him, and it just gave me a whole other perspective. Um, and it's a bonding activity for, for him and I. Is, mm-hmm. is we get That's what we like to do. We like to engage in projects and spend time together. So it is my hope to pass on some of these things without necessarily being attached to you know the kid has to be this way he has to think that way he has to do this because at the end of the day as you mentioned they're their own human um
1: it's pretty amazing yeah
0: and giving up that ownership it's probably a one of the key ingredients yeah. to a successful bond
1: well i'm very excited for when we get to schedule the play date
0: let's do it <laughs> I appreciate you. Appreciate you for being a part of this. And for anyone that's listening, please feel free to connect with Mark. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. all. Thank you all for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you haven't done so already, consider subscribing to our future episodes so you can receive all of the latest content. Also, if you like what you heard, consider supporting our cause by making a donation through our website at overcomingodds.today so we can continue creating and sharing these courageous and inspiring conversations. Once again, we thank you for listening and we look forward to having you next time.